Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Tuesday, June 27, 2023. Data analytics plays a crucial role in acquiring broadband subscribers by providing valuable insights into customer behavior and preferences. By analyzing data, service providers can identify patterns and trends, allowing them to tailor their marketing strategies to target specific demographics uh, demographics effectively. Additionally, data analytics enable companies to optimize pricing plans, service offerings, and customer support, enhancing the overall subscriber experience. Furthermore, data-driven decision-making helps in identifying areas of improvement, allowing providers to proactively address issues and enhance their network infrastructure to meet customer demands. To discuss this crucial topic in the broadband service provider space, I'm joined by Jonathan Restivo, Chief Development Officer at Cityside Fiber, and Gabe Peterson and Quanda Hunter, Senior Marketing Leaders at Calix. Jonathan, Gabe, and Quanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is really a, an important topic. You know, when people hear data, they some sometimes they get a little squirrely because it's numbers, it's numbers, it's numbers. <laughs> but data is such an important um, topic, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to this podcast uh, and the meat of it. But before we do that, uh, let's just go around the horn. And uh, Jr., I'll let you kind of uh, talk a little bit about for about a minute or so about what you do and uh, your role at uh, Cityside Fiber. Yep. Um, thanks, Mark. Um, and good to see you, Gabe and Quanda. Um, yeah, Jonathan and Steve, I'll go by JR. Um, one of the co-founders here at Cityside Fiber, um, an Orange County-based um, infrastructure developer and service provider. Um, we launched uh, the company about two years ago. Um, and during that time, um, my role has kind of been, um, you know, a little bit of everything, uh, it, it, you know, as a startup um, experience goes. Um, but right now, focused on launching our ISP um, and services um, to the communities. Um, we just uh, recently started construction in Tustin, actually a little over a month ago. Uh, Tustin, California, our our first market, and uh, we plan to launch the network in the next four to five weeks as well. Um, so uh, all of my focus right now is on, you know, kind of all of the operations that uh, go into the ISP side, which includes sales and marketing, uh, as well as customer experience and, um, and field operations and kind of the whole, the whole gamut. So, um, so we have a team um, within the marketing and within the, uh, the sales functions um, that, that rolls up to me and, um, is the subject of our conversation today. So happy to dig in on that. Um, we are new, um, so a lot of um, our experience is is relatively, um, I wouldn't say limited, but um, a smaller sample size, I, I should say. But um, in working with Calix, what we've been able to do is start to create some some setups and some systems to, to help launch uh, into the market with as much um, uh, the, be- the best setup and the best understanding of that space that, that we can. And so uh, I think this would be a, a great conversation to, to dig into that. Well, new is good, JR. New is good. So yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's uh, flip this over to Quanda. Yeah, thank you for having me. So Quanda Hunter, I've been at Cowlitz it's coming up five years now. And so I am a senior product marketing manager um, here and the area of focus for me at Calix is our product called Calix Marketing Cloud, uh, which is a cloud-based solution that to your point, data is so um, important in people's business. And so that's why I love what I do with Calix Marketing Cloud because it's really helping companies like Cityside and all the other broadband service providers we've worked with really start and build their business using insights that can really help to drive those decisions. And so a great space to be in and um, happy to happy to talk today. Excited. No, it's, no, it's going to be a great, <laughs> great, great podcast. Gabe? 
Yeah, thanks, Mark. Happy to be here as well. My name is Gabe Peterson. I'm the field strategy lead here at Calix for our Calix Marketing Cloud solution. So I am the sales uh, sales side of Quanda's marketing uh, marketing hat there. Uh, so we work very closely together with our with our customers. I've been at Calix for a long time, a little over 18 years actually, doing a various various uh, various things over that time. But uh, most recently, worked in our customer success organization before moving into my current role. So I was working with our customers who are actually using the marketing cloud solution every day and helping them execute campaigns, you know, really take that data and insight that they had and put it into action. So I'm very, very passionate about that and, and you know, helping broadband service providers succeed and drive their business forward using the insight and data that they have in their business. So uh, very excited to be talking about all this today. Well, that's great. Well, let's jump into the thick of things here. And uh, by the way, BSP, for those watching the podcast, stands for... <laughs> Broadband service provider, just so I define what the terms are so people are not confused. But let's talk a little bit about Quanda, kind of the, the growth strategies that you've kind of identified that really appeal to a broadband service provider and, and the impact these strategies can have. So I'll flip it over to you. Yeah, well, first, let me just um, give some background. So we did last year in 2022, we did a report uh, study. Um, partnering with heavy, uh, heavy Reading, so Calix and Heavy Reading, we kind of published this and we did a comprehensive um, report. It was a survey and some, some interview-based questions to a mix. We had about 34% were C-levels um, who responded, 28% vice presidents, general managers represented about 21%, and or directors, 18%. And this uh, the study was split between Canada and the U.S. So 85% was U.S.-based, 15% Canadian. So just wanted to give some perspective on where this information came from, because I think that is important in how you also, since we're talking about data, how you get the data. And so we talked to these um, service, service providers at these various high-level roles to kind of get their perspective on what approaches they were taking to drive their business? What were those strategies they were looking at? And when I see this spread here, it's not at all surprising to me. You know, we look, if I start from the left side with the 34% increase in their market share, to me, this just kind of makes a lot of sense. I'll just say the broadband space is an incredible industry to be in, right? It's lots of opportunity here. Um, you have more subscribers, are more reliant on Wi-Fi than ever before. Um, so it represents a lot of areas of growth for service providers. And that's why I'm happy that we were here with JR from Cityside, right? Just that's, they represent that, that um, excited opportunity for, for new companies looking to build their network. So when I see this 34%, again, it just makes a lot of sense. They, um, we also know that the broadband industry is very competitive. Mm. So many want to increase their market share. And when one of the things it's not mentioned here, but I'll talk to it. When we did ask them, like, well, how would you rank your, your threats? Right. Thirty four percent said it's tier one fixed service providers. Thirty one percent came out of similar size adjacent wireline service providers. And then the last bucket was they felt the third was the web scale companies they're competing with. So it was kind of like an even split. But. We know it's always been a volatile industry, but now that you have to layer in service providers also have to compete with like big box stores, big brands. And so again, e they're eager to go after and increase their share. Um, one more layer into this is all of the vast amount of funding that's coming into the broadband industry. For instance, um, the FCC invested billions of dollars, I believe, when I last year, about $14 billion in its affordable connectivity program, also known as ACP. Um, and that is a benefit to ensure that households can afford the broadband they need. So you have the government that is, you know, providing funding opportunities for service providers to go out and compete and to attract and to provide service to all of the homes that desperately need it, right? More right. people are working from home, school from home, et cetera. So seeing this number, 34% was definitely, um, you know, in line of what I thought before seeing the results, followed by the 28%. Again, funding, all of this funding coming into a lot of broadband providers are wanting to expand into new regions. They have the opportunity to do so. They have subscribers that want more, more connectivity. They want to bring it to their rural communities. And so 
want to go out and expand a network. And then, like I said to start, this is a great space to be in, a great industry with a lot of opportunity. Um, some quick stats I had looked up. Wi-Fi usage has a 93% penetra uh, penetration rate in North America, a 63% penetration rate globally. Then you layer that in with uh, the average home has about 20 connected devices. And by 2013, 2030, actually, 29, IOTs, like 29 billion IoT devices is, is expected to be connected to the network. So a lot. <laughs> a lot. I, know I know there's a lot going on here. Gabe, let me uh, pull you into this. Any uh, observation of the data that's, that's being shown on this slide? Uh, it seems like every conver customer conversation I have, when we ask them about their goals and their their plans, the first thing that comes out of people's mouth is, "I want to grow my subscriber base," and mm -hmm. you know that 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 is the number one goal. When, when we talk to you know leaders and organizations that they're focused on, um, you know, obviously, I think that's incredibly important, and you know, Jr. can speak to this, but there's you know there's specific thresholds that you need to get to take rate thresholds that you need to get to in order to make the business case work in order for for right. these investments to make financial sense but right. i do think there is oftentimes so much focus on the take rate that we don't necessarily focus on the quality or the value of the customer that we're speaking to as well and trying to bring in and you know i personally think there's a lot of there should be a lot more focus on customer lifetime value and and that's why one of the reasons I really like JR's story and what they're doing at City Side is they're focused on you know they're focused on the right subscribers and right. using data to drive it to drive the right subscribers into their business, not just somebody who's looking for the best deal or looking for you know a uh, you know a super low entry level price. Those are the folks that are frankly probably going to be more costly in the long run because they're going to create more problems than they right. actually than they actually solve. Yeah, so so Jonathan, let me just pull you in here before we hit the next slide here. Um, as the representative BSP on the on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast, and recognizing, and we're going to talk a little bit about this later in, in the podcast that you know, BSPs really cannot just fo solely focus on broadband speed. It's kind of like table stakes. You know, everybody's got everybody's got faster and faster speeds. You got to differentiate yourself yeah. with other services. Is there any single thing on this slide that kind of jumps out at you? Well, for us as a new provider, you know, it's a little bit of everything right here, right? So we want to increase our market share. We're expanding in a new region and we want to diversify. But no, I mean, um, kind of across the, the, the board, though, uh, to, to Gabe's point and to your point just then, Mark, um, speed is, is you know, um, that's where you start, right? That's, that's you know, uh, that's a given. Um, and so for us, it, you know, the, the focus is on the experience aspect. And, and so even if, even if, for instance, like we're our main competitors are the cable companies right now, um, and in our territory, that's mostly Cox and, and some Spectrum, and so you know they can they can um, you know slap a sticker on on their product and, and call it a gig product, but in reality, we we know that's not the case. But at some point, you know, we kind of have to assume that the market's going to get there, the technology's going to get there. And so for us, it is on a lifetime value aspect where, you know, if we've created a cut before they catch up or, or make changes, and, and even if they, they don't, like, we want to focus on that customer experience and, and prevent churn, um, keep customer satisfaction high, um, create, um, create uh, subscriber growth through word of mouth, and, you know, and, and, and other types of promotions like that. So, um, so for us, we are we aren't looking for that value shopper. Um, we do have, um, we, or we will, um, once we go through the process, um, have that the ACP um, product available, but we aren't looking for the, the value shopper type of customer. We start our, our service right at a gig. Like that's the lowest um, product that you can get because we want to establish that this isn't typical internet, right? This is right. better. The experience is better. The product is better. Everything about it is is different, and it's not what you're used to. And if we can brand that way, um, we'll be able to to come into a market as someone that's completely different and someone that you know will get heads turning. Um, there will be those value shoppers that say, "Well, what's what's the, the cost? Well, this one's cheaper, so I'm just going to go with this." And those are the customers that you know, unfortunately, we're we're, we're probably not going to get. And even if we were to get, they're probably going to get their head turned once you know. The competitor comes in with some kind of ridiculous deal and locks them up for three years with 
you know, low pricing or something and then jerks them around or whatever the case may be, right? We, we don't want to get into those games and we don't want to get into a race to the bottom. Um, for us, it's about establishing a high quality brand that people like to work with. And, and you know, so so from that aspect, yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything in terms of what our what our um, uh, our approach. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we're not going to um, we, we don't want to get in the mud, I guess, it, it, in some respects and, and kind of race to the bottom. Um, and so, you know, by focusing on the high value experience and the high value product, um, our hope is that, you know, that sticks. Right. Uh, so let, let's talk a little bit about too, about this whole sense of prioritizing the service aspect of this. You know, I think we're, we've already kind of addressed this in some ways, but Gabe, talk about a little bit about how, you know, you know, BSPs are really getting religion in terms of, Hey, services are the name of the game to create that stickiness to create that long-term value proposition. So let's talk about this um, quickly. Yeah, so I think you're, you're spot on there, Mark. I think a lot of the smart broadband service providers like the folks at CitySide and a lot of the, the broadband service providers that we work with at Calyx are starting to get religion, so to speak. That's a good way to put it, right? And, and <laughs> understanding that managed services, these high value managed services are going to create that stickiness with the customer. And we, we actually have data to prove this. We've, we've seen this with our customers who are rolling these out where there's a direct decrease in churn as you start to add on these managed services, right. you tack on one, the churn goes down by, you know, whatever, call it a tenth of a point or, you know, a, a quarter of a point. And then you tack on another one and it goes down again. And those may not seem like big decreases when you're talking about, you know, monthly churn, but a quarter point decrease in churn may result in two to three extra years of lifetime that that customer is spending with you. So, you know, these small incremental changes that you can make from a churn perspective have substantial increases in the, in the you know, financial viability of a, of a broadband business when you're talking about customers sticking around for seven, eight, nine years versus four, five, six years. Well, and, and Quanda, what's really interesting about this particular slide, um, a lot of the services that are listed below here, we're not going to go through all of them, obviously, but my big, my, my big one is managed Wi-Fi. The reality is, is that the average homeowner does not want to be their own CIO. You know, the, the technology is changing too quickly. They really want help. Now, there are folks like myself and there are folks like all three of you probably that, hey, you get a kick on spending the weekend upgrading your router. That's really not, you know, the, the experience with the average homeowner. They really want plug and play. They want to, do, uh, ha they want to have a trusted entity like a, a BSP who can help them you know, navigate through these services with a lot of, without a lot of churn themselves when Wi-Fi technology gets upgraded. We've, you know, we've had six, now we're going to Wi-Fi 6E, now here comes Wi-Fi 7. So just for, just for about a minute, give us your perspective on that part of the conversation and whole, hey, I don't want to be a CIO. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think all of us can, can, can relate to this. People want to do more of what matters most, right? If you have a family or children, you want to spend more time with them. If you have a hobby, if you don't have those things, but you have a hobby, you, you're a writer, you want to spend more time doing that, less time trying to figure out how to get all of these things in your house to work properly. So I'll speak from a personal experience, you know, having three children under the age of 10, it's great when my service provider can also provide me a service such as like advanced parental controls or things to kind of help to keep my network secure so that I know that while I'm right now on a podcast, if my kids are home for the summertime, they're restricted on some of the things they can access, or I have those controls in place. So I get a notification that, hey, your, your child is having a, um, a text that's a little, might be something you want to check out. And so when you have your service provider that can be able to offer additional services, it really put you in a position where you are more loyal to that brand and you have a relationship with your provider, right? I mean, Wi-Fi is that additional home utility. It's just as important as having your lights on in the household. And so if you can go to your service provider and they can make things that much more easier for you, you're likely to stay with them and you're going to appreciate that. And it's not just, I'm going to leave because this other one has faster speeds, but no, my service provider also has speeds, but they also providing me with those 
extra things that makes my life just that more easier. And I think that's an important piece that we have to keep in perspective. JR, your perspective? Yeah, just real quick on this. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting for us and, and probably one of the challenges is that most people at this point are used to, you know, from their service provider, a bundle that exists with um, <coughs> internet service and, and cable TV, and, and that's kind of it. Um, and so what we're trying to, to frame, and that, that is a, you know, the TV question, the over the top streaming aspect is, is something that we need to address and make sure that we're accounting for. But there are also a large number, you know, list, looking at this slide, there's a ton of different services that can kind of be attached to that as well. Um, so that all of that kind of comes into, into one, um, one central hub, right? Where there's, there's one provider that's giving you all of these, these aspects that, you know, the, the bundle started for a reason. And part of that was cost. And the other part of that was just ease of use, right? And so as the, as that environment shifts, and as home internet shifts, it's, it, you know, um, capabilities into the future, one of the things that we want to make sure that we're accounting for is all these different managed service type aspects that make a home smarter, that make um, people's lives easier and go beyond just traditional, you know, channel up, channel down. Right. Yeah. This whole this whole bundle discussion, I think, is fascinating. And and just really quick, there's a and I can't remember his name. There's a cable executive that said this probably a decade ago. There's two ways to make business, make money in this business: bundling and unbundling. And we've been in the unbundling phase for a long time now in this business. You know, the triple play was kind of the classic thing that we all saw in the 2010s, right? And yeah. we've been in this a la carte unbundling play kind of over the last 10 years, I think we're actually going to flip back the other direction now where we yeah. are going to start to see a lot of these services that JR, you were talking about, right? And we've been talking about for the last couple of minutes, bundled back in to make it easy. Your point was super valid, making it easy for the customer to buy, but still providing a lot of value around that service that you're delivering to them. So yeah. that's my view. I, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think we're going to be back in the bundling phase. No, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and, um, anyway, my, my only two cents would be that, you know, the technology landscape changes all the time. You've now got, you know, just, I can't do a podcast without mentioning them. Apple have vision pro vision pro. is going to, I think it's going to be a big deal. I won't get into a long discussion about it, but that will have an impact. I think on the internet infrastructure you have at, at home, because that's going to require faster speeds. There'll be some managed service capabilities with that as well over time. So that's going to add kind of a bit of a curveball <laughs> into the mix. I think Mark, what, what it represents is what what my bundle is is going to be different from your bundle, which is yes. from Gabe's bundle, and it's all right. about that personalization, right? Like for the yeah. gamer, what bundle package they have versus the work from home or or someone who has uh, children in a household is very different. And I think to Gabe's point, we're going back to that bundle. If we're going back there, it's going to have to come with some personalization because. Nowadays, everyone wants a service that really is customized for their home lifestyle. And I think that's the key point. Well, and that's a great segue into this slide. Yeah. In terms of, yeah, which is, you're very, very good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the reality is, is that this is now teeing up this whole idea that a targeted message, and this has been true that yeah. since, since the first advertisement ever showed up, is that a targeted message is much more impactful. So, Give me 30 seconds in this, Quanda, and then we'll flip it over to Jonathan and then, then Gabe. Well, let me give you some quick precepts. The average consumer has about 1,600 unread emails. When they hear um, information, people are likely to remember 10% of what they hear or see. However, if you pair that with a relevant image, when I say relevant, something that they can personally connect with or identify with or it speaks to them in some capacity, that 10% goes to 65% retainment, right? And so what that tells me, and we all know this, right? When you get customized messaging, it it matters. And if you are a service provider and you're marketing to your to your customer in a way where they feel like you know them, they're more likely to respond. So, and I'll just throw this out before I turn it over. When I get emails, when I started getting emails in my 20s from AARP, I didn't, I never opened it. It doesn't resonate with me. I'm 20. Why would I need an AARP, right? Now, if I'm, I know offense to any age, if I'm 75 or something, I might, I'm going to open that because, oh, this is for me. And so it matters when you target people. It matters when you talk to them and you resonate. People don't want you just going information over the fence. They have, we have too many emails too many work meetings, too many Zooms. It's a lot going on. We have a right. lot to consume. 
And so when you can customize your message and your marketing, you're going to be more effective. And that's just, I think that's table stakes. <laughs> so, so Gabe, I know you like to read AARP emails that uh, flood your <laughs> inbox, um, even though you look like you're 25 years old. But I, I violently agree with uh, Kwanda. I mean, targeting, you know, creates, I mean, it's all kinds of benefits that come in, uh, come in, in with that. But give me your quick perspective. Yeah, certainly agree with everything Quanta said, right? Targeting, you know, allows you to do that. And it allows you to, I'm a big fan of jobs to be done marketing, where you're thinking about the job that you're actually trying to solve for the customer versus just the product or service that I'm trying to sell to you. And by having insight about your customers or about your prospects, you can actually speak to them about the job that you're trying to solve. And you can speak to the benefit that you're trying to deliver instead of just, I'm trying to sell you this specific thing. I'm not selling you one gig service. I'm selling you a harmonious household because everybody in your house is going to have all the connectivity that they need, right? I can sell the outcome, but I need to know some information about you in order to sell that outcome. Right. Now, now Jonathan, because we're, now this is where data starts to kick in. You know, you can't do targeted messaging unless you have really good data, which is where the, the a marketing cloud solution comes into play. But um, give us your quick perspective on this, because again, you know, you're the, uh, the, the uh, entity that has to act and create those targeted messages. So uh, yeah. I'd like to get your perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, the noise aspect, uh, there's a lot of noise out there, right? And so trying to filter through that is, is one of the big challenges, um, especially as, as a new brand that, you know, hasn't existed before, um, trying to establish ourselves you know, before we can even sell the product, we have to kind of sell ourselves and, and put our name out there a little bit. And so that's another aspect of that that's incredibly challenging because now you're um, we're not even necessarily trying to convert. Right. There's the, the call to action is is incredibly minimal. It, really, it's just a matter of just trying to create brand awareness. Um, and so for us, making sure that we're not wasting resources on um, marketing that is too early prior to us going into a market um, that's spent on, for instance, like multifamily users that we're not in yet. We, you know, we have to go through HOAs, right? Things that um, require additional, uh, an additional sales cycle. Um, so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, <laughs> has being created on on our side and 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 it's it's an extreme challenge for us um but it's exciting um to be able to kind of we have to target very specifically um by zip code by by um um uh, profile type and 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 what the uh, what's going to kind of catch the eye through that noise um just to get our name out there and then we can can start to do the, the sales right. aspect which is a whole other la layer of um uh, a data and a different call to action so yeah it's it's fun well, and, you know yeah. and, and again you know data is the name of the game here because a lot of these things we've talked about you know you really can't get to and I, you know can you you know i always like to look backwards sometimes can you imagine trying to accomplish jonathan a lot of the things you're doing today if you didn't have data, you know, if you didn't have some of the tools you didn't ha uh, uh, you have today, and if you didn't have access to this wonderful tool called the Calix Marketing Cloud, shameless right. plug. But the reality <laughs> is, is with, with you know that kind of data helps you make informed decisions. Now, at the end of the day, you know data you know you know data can sometimes you know get uh, get um, distorted a bit. So you do have to put a marketing hat on and kind of apply judgment to it. But um, Gabe, let me just start with you in terms of just the data portion of this. We'll get into the the, uh, the marketing cloud component in a second. But let me just start with you and get your perspective. Well, it just, there's just this, there's so much waste if there isn't information and insight, right? And I, I was thinking about this morning. We were I had a Teams chat with a colleague of mine who showed me seven direct mail postcards that he got from a large national cable provider. He left them recently for a fi local fiber provider. And they're now trying to get him back, I guess, to their credit. But the amount of waste in a, in a marketing campaign like that is insane, right? Where there's so much content showing up at his house every day, extremely expensive content. And mm -hmm. it's, it's just getting, it's just getting thrown away. Yes. Right. And that, that's the thing that I, I really hope we can help our customers avoid because 
this market is getting more competitive. There are more fiber providers than ever before, right? We just saw $43 billion get announced yesterday, uh, you know, roughly uh, from the White House for bead money and things like that. So there's more funding coming into this space. It's going to get more difficult. And so it isn't just a field of dreams. You build it and they will come scenario anymore, right? That is not- I love that. I, lo I love that you said that. I love that you said that, Jade. <laughs> It's just not, right? I say that to many, many of my clients. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we're, we're, we're seeing it get more difficult. So, you know, that leads to you have to be smarter with the investments right. that you're making and with the folks that you're that you're targeting to, to drive into that funnel. Yeah, and I just want to pull Jonathan to this because I think that it's a very important point. It's about using limited marketing dollars efficiently. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan, you, I am sure you don't have Apple-like marketing spends of you know $500 million a month. I, I don't know what their number is, but it's a big number. And you have to optimize every single dollar that you spend. You have to know what the ROI is. So let's just talk about that for a, a minute or so. Yeah, I mean, nail on the head, right? I mean, that's... Um you know, making sure that we're we're using our resources where they're they're most effective, um, and and understanding what messages are you know part of it's the the, the medium, part of it's the message, um, and you know, kind of always taking a step back and, and reviewing. Okay, what's working? What's what's getting the clicks? What's not? Um, what's um, which mailers are you know resulting in? Um, in uh acquisition which aren't um you know on the on the digital side that's a little bit easier right you can kind of click through you know track the click through rates and stuff and things like that which which images are working which which ones aren't and so you know kind of just always taking a step back and saying okay well how did that work okay let's let's adjust we just went through that process with for instance our our next door campaigns um it's a relatively new medium um, might work in some neighborhoods, might not work in others, um, just based on use rate and the type of um, folks that are going going on there. And so, okay, we're adjusting. We just went through and, and changed up the images, changed up the messaging, and let's let's see what happens now. Um, so, it's it's a it's a constant um, kind of take a step back, reset type of type of mentality. What 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 words are working? What call to actions are working? What images? um across the board and so um it but it's fun like it that 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 aspect is is that's the, that's a cool part about marketing um so yeah quan, quan any any closing thoughts on this slide i'll just say easily um what data will enable broadband service providers to is deliver new experiences and that's just the bottom line right like it's how can i understand enough information about you to and they made the great points of less waste, right? Um, higher adoption rates, right? More responses, et cetera. But it's really, when you think about it, what JR is trying to do, he's trying to provide new experiences to those people he's going after. And data really helps to propel that and can help him fuel business growth. Couldn't agree more. So <laughs> Jonathan, this is kind of your slide. Um, you know what's happening <laughs> what's happening in Tustin, california there's there's a lot of jokes i can make there but this is really crucial <laughs> because you guys you are in the heart of orange county i'm in san jose because you can see the golden gate bridge but you're in the heart of like, like you know disneyland <laughs> and all the fun sure. fun stuff that goes on in orange uh, orange county but let's talk about uh, it uh, um you know from your specific perspective at city side yeah what was interesting about um our launch into Tustin was we we work directly part of our approach, you know, we, we, we focus on the experience for the customer. We also focus on the experience for the community kind of overall um, and being good stewards and, and, and participants within the community. Um, and part of that also is working in, in having a strong relationship with the city itself. Mm. And so um, part of what what kind of drove our early to construction um, prior to network launch uh, approach was um, working with the city to get out in front of some street resurfacing that they had. And so the challenge we had from the marketing side of things was we were starting to build and putting our face out there to the community earlier than we would have wanted. Um, we hadn't done the brand development, you know, we weren't ready to start selling. And there are, you know, there's a lot of, um, 
um, stories or data out there that, you know, if you're too early with your marketing, you know, people start to, you know, you know, if they can't sign up, right. And they can't get the service. Now they start to generate a, a negative impression of you. So yeah. it's a really delicate balance that we try to, to um, factor in. And that is part of our, our marketing action plan as well is, okay, here's the, the date that we're starting co uh, construction and then work backwards from there um, with a rollout plan. And so with our first zone, unfortunately we had to kind of take a, a little bit of a different approach. And so it was a little bit of, um, uh, uh, trying to walk a, a super fine line with being forward and introducing ourselves to the to the community while also saying, you know, we're not ready to, to kind of have you sign up just yet. So that was that was a fun aspect um, to, to, to try to to balance that. And so far, so good. You know, knock on wood. Um, it, it's been um, relatively low. Um, um, uh, activity in terms of any kind of issues or anything like that um, by kind of putting ourselves out there and putting ourselves in between the city and the customers. You know, there weren't any complaints for, about construction or anything like that. We had kind of cut that off. And actually, a lot of the questions that we've gotten, I thought there would be a lot more questions about, hey, what are these big trucks doing in front of my house? And in reality, a lot of people were just saying, hey, where can I sign up? Um, and so that was a, a really great um, really great response for us is, is that, you know, there's a lot of um, interest here. There's a lot of, a lot, I, I keep hearing this from, from everyone is they just want a choice. They just want something a little bit different. Um, even if they don't switch over, I think people are just happy to have another option that's out there. Um, and, and that's, that's really exciting for us. And so, so yeah, um, we, we started to kind of, you know, we went with the theme here of like, um, you know, a, a summer marquee coming soon this summer um, type of thing to kind of get people excited, but also kind of manage expectations there. And, and that's that's a key component of our marketing strategy for, for this first zone, but also going forward is to not be too early, but also put our name out there and start to get people interested, start to drive um, the brand awareness that so that when we are ready to sell, um, we've got at least they, they've seen our name out and about, you know, a, a handful of times prior to, to sign up. Right. And, and, and what's the interesting thing is here, and I'll let you do kind of a little mini commercial in a second is that you mm -hmm. said something that was very interesting to me is that, you know, I'm an old product guy. And if you recall at the beginning of the PC revolution, you know, 20 years ago, there was a lot of PC companies that would announce products that were not ready for prime time. You know, you had this whole vaporware concept, well, that 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 whole idea, and that scares people, by the way, because you only have you really only have one chance with a with a customer, and if you let them down, and you announce a, a product, or in your case, a service, and it's not ready to go, you know, you probably won't get a second look from that customer. So, let's okay. talk about Cityside Fiber for a second, with that kind of uh, just kind of that thought. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's that's been you know one of our challenges, particularly in this first market within Tustin, um, but so. Far so good. I, you know, I feel like um, because we're local and because we we've kind of um, we're trying to like take the, the the face off the corporation aspect, I guess a little bit, and kind of like put a name to the face. I guess is maybe a better way of putting that. Like we're we are local. We're stressing the fact that we are here. Um, we are young. We're new. We're fresh. We're different. Um, trying to, to we we put that brand out to the market, um, and I think what we're the, the feedback that we're getting from folks and, and, and it's reflected in our early signups as well as that people are um, just happy to have us there and are willing to, it seems hopefully are willing to, to kind of roll with us as we, as we go, they, they understand that it's not easy. They understand that what we're doing is um, a challenge is going to take time and they're just, they're, they're happy to, to kind of support a local company to help them them kind of do that. And and I think that's driven by the fact that, you know, that it's a two, that's a two way street. Like we're here to support the community. They're here to kind of support us. I hope that that's the relationship that we have. That might be um, projecting a little bit, hopefully. but but in, in reality, that that is um, we have gotten some some feedback from folks directly, you know, man on the street types um, that ha have expressed as much. And so. So that's exciting. Um, I, I think for us, um, you know, we're happy to be um, establishing ourselves in Orange County. We um, 
or trying to do things differently kind of across the board, um, not just from the product itself, which we know is superior to what's out there, but in, in terms of, you know, to kind of bring this full circle, in terms of the experience that's being provided as well. Um, and that includes, you know, a, a more positive, friendly, uh, open relationship with your service provider that you don't get from, you know, an automatic call in line, you know, from Atlanta, right? Um, or, you know, wherever Spectrum is. <laughs> now. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just uh, taking a little bit of a different approach and, and putting ourselves out there in the community in a way that is, is just different. People... I think respect that. Yes, I hope so. So again, now let's get into the uh, the marketing cloud portion here. I, I'm going to let Gabe uh, jump into this in terms of the insights that we see typically, you know, use, using a tool like uh, Calix's marketing tool capability. So let's, it's a bit of an eye chart. We're not going to go through this in detail, but I'll give you, you know, a, a chance to take a swing at this. And then I'd like to have uh, Kwanda comment on this as well in terms of the insights that, again, what's amazing is that these insights are available at, at BSP's finger, uh, uh, fingertips, which, you know, to me is just a miracle of the internet and AI and all the other wonderful capabilities that we're starting to see today. But Gabe, go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mark. So you're spot on, right? It's really making them available at their at, at the BSP's fingertips. That, that to me is the huge part. You know, as we've talked to customers who have gone out and acquired data about prospects in the past, one of the things that we've heard over and over again is how difficult it is to action that data. And we've spent a lot of time today talking about data. Data is great. Actionable data is really where we need to be, right? If it's, if it's just data, okay, great. Well, what am I going to do with that? I need to be able to action it quickly. And that is what I think we've, we've developed with Calix Marketing Cloud that really is a, a, a huge value add for our broadband service provider partners is delivering that actionable data so they can understand what are the income levels, what are the age ranges, what are the demographic and psychographic profiles of these specific groups, so I can create those very targeted campaigns and limit limit waste. Mark, or, uh, JR mentioned uh, direct mail campaigns earlier. Direct mail campaigns are still, those can still be super effective. I've got no issue with direct mail. It can be a very effective marketing tactic, but it can also be extremely expensive and extremely wasteful. So if you're not leveraging actionable data to put relevant marketing campaigns in front of those prospects or existing subscribers, uh, it can be very problematic, right? So you know, what we've developed with this tool is a way to really take that data, make it actionable, uh, and, and you know, action those campaigns as quickly as, uh, as, as you possibly can. And Quando, what's really interesting, it's always been interesting to me about uh, Calix's engagements with BSPs, that you're, you're, you're the typical BSP um, at uh, Calix's they're not humongous. I mean, they don't have, you know, marketing teams with 150 people. There's a whole corollary of capability uh, piece, um, uh, corollary capability piece to this that we're not really going to talk about in detail in terms of, you know, providing the tools and capabilities that, hey, I've got all the insights. Now, how do I use those insights and, and transfer them into actionable things that a BSP can do without a large staff, which I've always loved about um, what Calix is able to do. But let's get your perspective. Yeah, I think, you know, when we think about this and, and as we're helping our customers to really see the value of what Calix Marketing Cloud is, it's really building it for if you're a marketing team of one or if you're a marketing team of five, right? Having this platform that can simplify how you go to market with some of your campaigns. But when I think about it, it's really what is the end goal of the broadband marketer, right? It is Either you're trying to go after and acquire new subscribers. How can you do that in a way, a very, you know, precise manner where you can understand in insights about the communities you want to go to and make sure you're marketing to them in a way that's engaging. And that brings me to my second point. It's not just, I want to send you something and sign up. That's a big part of it, but it's building relationships and engaging with people in a way it's different. It's having the broadband providers elevate the way they are connecting with subscribers so that they are they become, you know, advocates for you, so that they are loyal to your brand in a way where they feel like, uh, it's not just a box that I'm gonna switch out for the next person that comes and offer offers me a lower price. 
I get that this other service provider is, has a lower price, but I have a relationship with my, my current provider. I engage with them in a way they send me things that I connect and they're providing, as we said earlier, those personalized bundles, those, right. those experiences. And I think that's just core to the insights you have. It's really helping you to up your level and how you engage with subscribers. Right. Well, and what's interesting, you keep mentioning this over and over again, but I, I'd like to reiterate it is that not all BSPs are the same. And that personalization and customization piece is so important because, you know, a, a city side fiber may have different priorities and different strategies, different types of uh, subscribers than someone else that you're serving in Canada, for example, or another market that you're, you're working in. But this is our last slide before we conclude the, um, the podcast. You know, boosting ROI with management services is the yeah. name of the game. You know, we did a, um, a podcast with you folks um, about uh, Bark, which is a tremendous uh, parental monitoring tool. I recommend to a lot of people, especially when you've got kids. It comes in very, very handy. But there's other tools as well. Gabe, from your perspective, anything you'd want to mention here in terms of those wonderful tools that, you know, you're, you're, that you're providing in a managed manner that can help boost the ROI of a typical BSP? Arlo is one I get really excited about. I personally have Arlo cameras in my home and, and right. I love having that connectivity. I have a little office outside of my house and, you know, the doorbell rings and not having to run out to the door to, you know, check what's going on. And, you know, all of that is, uh, is quite nice just being able to see that on my phone or on my watch, actually, and, and all of that. So that's a fantastic managed solution for our, that our broadband service provider partners are brought to market. And what's really great about the data and insight that we can provide is we can tell you, hey, here's people who live in single family homes. Here's people who own those homes. Here's people who are over a certain income threshold that are likely going to buy these certain solutions. So you can really start to get targeted with the people that you're focused on uh, for that type of managed solution for new prospects or existing subscribers um, and, and really make sure that you're putting not just marketing, not marketing to somebody who lives in an apartment building, a, you know, three camera setup, they're probably not going to be interested in buying that. Right. That's our, that's our Quanda, you know, when she's 20 AARP, uh, you know, marketing campaigns. Right. So no, that's, not but, no, but that's, an that's an important point here because, you know, again, I, I haven't seen your data, but my assumption would be that people who live in apartments or condos probably don't have the need for Arlo external cameras that because again they're not monitoring outside of the property because that might be being done by their um by the the landlord of the building but having those kind of uh those um uh data points you know allow you to do a much better focused marketing job to Quanta's point about personalized and customized marketing so Quanta, let me give you a couple of minutes to opine on this yeah and i will say this right these are our our being Calic, these are the managed services that we that our partners and broadband providers are able to offer through through Calix. Um, what I like about Marketing Cloud and just the insights that's provided there, you can still use those insights. And if you're a provider, and let's say you have something that's different that isn't the Calix managed service, you can use those insights, and you can still use it to go after and talk to. Um, prospects, potential subscribers, current subscribers, et cetera, and use that data to then talk to them about that service that you offer that may fall outside of this, right? I do want to be mindful that, you know, some service providers have other things and initiatives and services. So Gabe, while he spoke to that, I just wanted to say that you could use the insights and marketing cloud to really talk to people based on things that you're doing as a broadband provider within your business that's helping you to drive that revenue growth, right? And so this is just one example of how you can use it to grow that average revenue per, per subscriber. We see some of our, um, some of the uh, BSPs we work with, sometimes they bundle, bundle some of these services in, sometimes it's a upcharge, right? And it allows them to drive additional revenue, additional $4 right. per month, right? You multiply that by, 10,000 subscribers, that is, that is revenue growth. That's, that's real dollars there. And so um, I just want to close again, it's about delivering those new experiences in a way that is personalized, that allows you to kind of increase the way you engage. So, Jonathan, any closing thoughts? Ditto. Um, no, I mean, that, that, that's it. Um, the ability to, to, I mean, part of, part of the reason that we went with Calyx, obviously, you know, Hardware is very solid, but you know it was 
it was, um, you know, really the software side of things and the managed service side of things and the ability to kind of connect um, and provide a different experience, um, including some of these managed services and, and be able to present that as a, a different type of product that we're, you know, we're talking about. Like, so it's not just fiber um, that we're bringing. It's, it's a different type of Wi-Fi internet experience um, that has the ability to kind of personalize and customize to your home and to your needs. And, and that's exciting to us. And, and as we grow, um, you know, this was one of the key elements that we saw as, as, as a pretty cool element of the marketing cloud and, and the managed services overall, and hopefully more and more coming, uh, you know, at the connections show, I'm expecting some, some, uh, exciting new announcements of additional managed services. So get on that Gabe. But uh, no, um, yeah, but, but this type of um, experience that, you know, um, that, that Calix presents is, um, was exciting for us to, to be able to present that to subscribers and, and be able to, um, you know, give people what they want. And, and, right. and that's great. Well, you mentioned that magic word connections, uh, more podcast activity to come uh, on that a little bit. <laughs> so I want to thank uh, all of you uh, uh, for your time. Uh, let me just close on uh, the um, some closing thoughts. Thank you for taking the time to join me for today's podcast. For a viewing and listening audience, thanks for making the Smart Tech Check podcast part of your day or commute. Please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast or use these on-screen QR codes to connect with me, find get a little bit more information on City, uh, Cityside Fiber. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Mark Guy. And until next time, have a great week. And thanks to all of you uh, participating in today's podcast. Thank you.